0: KYW original podcasts. Hey, everybody, this is Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. Would you do me a favor when you're done listening? Would you subscribe, rate, and review the podcast? We need your reviews to take us to the top. Thanks. Now let's get to it. This week, the focus is on the ballot box. Voting procedures are the subject of lawsuits that could impact the polls in Pennsylvania.
1: There are these real on the ground points of uncertainty for how this election is going to work.
2: And then there's a lot of noise.
0: What should voters be paying attention to and how are advocates getting out the vote during the pandemic?
2: We're still not securing enough voter participation.
3: This election, we're going to see something um, historic.
0: What you need to know about your ability to cast the ballot ahead of Election Day. We dig in. Then our patient home care change maker has found a socially distanced, contact-free way to engage voters. You
4: know, we're trying to get rid of excuses.
0: The men behind phillyvoting.org and the demographic they're focused on. We'll be right back. Flashpoint is sponsored by the Gift of Life donor program. Organ donors save lives. Register today at donors Welcome back to Flashpoint. I'm Cherry Gregg. The focus is voting. Labor Day marks the unofficial start of the the get-out-the-vote efforts, but locally and nationally, voting in a pandemic and mail-in balloting deadlines and procedures have been front and center. It's the subject of major lawsuits, political debate, and voter frustration. So where do voting laws stand? What do voters need to do to cast a ballot? And what's on the horizon before Election Day? With me to discuss this Flashpoint is Patrick Christmas, Policy Director, Committee of Seventy, Ben Geffen, Staff Attorney with the Public Interest Law Center, Todd Polinchok, a Pennsylvania representative representing the 144th District in Bucks County, Donnell Dranks, Election Protection Coordinator with the ACLU of Pennsylvania, and finally Abu Edwards, Co-founder of Millennials in Action. Everybody, welcome to Flashpoint.
5: Thank you, Thank
1: you for having us.
0: Right, Thank nice, you. Nice to have yeah. you all here. Uh, our focus is voting, and so Patrick, I want to start with you. I know. Committee of Seventy, focus on voter education. How is that going in the middle of a pandemic?
1: It's challenging. It's challenging. And there are a number of reasons for that. And and, and one is that there are a number of significant areas of uncertainty. Uh, I mean, there's there's active litigation right now. I'm going to let Ben talk about that. And we're still waiting to see if the legislature will agree on, on any final set of, of changes to the election code. Fortunately, you know, there has been some funding made available for some counties. Philadelphia you, you landed a $10 million grant several weeks ago. Uh, that's going to help provide equipment and staffing. But there are these real on-the-ground points of uncertainty for how this election is going to work. And then there's a lot of noise. The president is is, is making this more difficult to talk about. There are also a (laughs) lot of really reasonable questions about the mail-in voting process which is relatively new like we, we still have new voting systems that some folks haven't we're, we're doing our best to kind of cut through that and assure folks that they they do have every opportunity to cast the ballot and we are encouraging people to vote by mail if they possibly can because we want to minimize the number of people who are out there at polling places on election day and
0: i want to bring ben in here i know you guys are actively involved in litigation ben and so where does thing in multiple litigations where does it stand The Pennsylvania Supreme Court has the ball in its court now.
5: That's right. So there's a lot of litigation underway right now, uh, both in federal and state court. I think the most important case right now is the one that's in front of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And that case touches on a few issues that will be of great significance in November's election. One of them is about drop boxes. So this is the first time in a presidential election when Pennsylvania has vote by mail available as an option to any voter who chooses to use it. And especially because of slowdowns with the Postal Service and because the COVID pandemic has a lot of voters feeling it's unsafe to vote in person, um, a lot more people are going to be voting by mail and we're going to have a lot more concerns about are the ballots going to get delivered in time. And during the primary, a lot of counties, including Philadelphia, Offered drop boxes to make it easier for voters to return their ballots and to make sure they got back on time to be counted. And so there have been some legal challenges whether drop boxes are permitted or not. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is going to resolve that question. I hope. Uh, and um, you know, I'm, I am involved in this litigation. I'll be uh, I'll be frank that uh, you know I I do take a side in this matter. And uh, we've taken a position on behalf of Common Cause Pennsylvania, League of Women Voters Pennsylvania. Black Political Empowerment Project and Make It Road, Pennsylvania, that uh, ballot drop boxes are permissible, uh, they are secure, and they are a good option to make it as uh, as easy as possible for citizens to cast a ballot on election day. Um, the And there are other issues in the case too. Uh, for example, if a voter makes a minor mistake filling out their ballot, if that is going to wipe out their whole ballot or if their ballot should still count. So there are a number of issues, but I think the dropbox issue is probably the number one most important issue in front of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court.
0: Yeah, and I want to bring Todd in here. Todd, you're a Republican, but you are actually for dropboxes, although I know the security of dropboxes has been a big part of litigation that has been brought by Republicans.
6: Absolutely. And, and a little bit to, to go piggyback on what Ben mentioned this past week, uh, passed the bill rather, out of the House, uh, House Bill 2626, which is some election reform. I think what it, what it, what it really does is I think we're using the word dropbox as, as parts of just being able to put a box anywhere. Ultimately, we all have the same goal in mind. We just want a secure election where where folks are getting their ability to vote and not being stymied on on how they can vote. I know here in Bucks County, the the concept of the three drop boxes are actually the same as what this legislation will do. It's just you're going to be able to either mail in your ballot, drop it off at the courthouse, drop it off at the board of elections or one of their satellites, which for us would be the three drop boxes in Bucks County, upper middle and lower box, or you can even actually take your mail-in ballot should you decide you want to go to the polls and you can uh, you can turn it in there and cast the regular ballot. So I don't have a problem with the concept. Uh, again, it, ultimately, it's all about secure elections.
0: And I think the issue of security has been a big one. Um, can you articulate... Tom, what the big security uh, issues that you heard about? I'm
6: not, I'm not. I'm not involved with the litigation per se, but I will tell you just firsthand. I have. I have a, uh, a son who's at college. He, he wanted to go somewhere one day. I got it. He was here because uh, Westchester is closed for the for the year. But I said before you can go, you you got to drop your ballot at the courthouse. Well, what's supposed to happen is they're supposed to be accepting the ballots one at a time to ensure that one person, one ballot. And what, what was happening was he went there. There was the ballot box was outside the building. There was someone inside looking out, but he could have dropped 10 or 20 ballots. And he said himself, this is the stuff we're trying to avoid. We want to do it properly as it's supposed to be done and just have someone there to ensure that we're one, one, one vote, one ballot, one person.
0: All right. And I want to bring you in here, Donnell. How, how do you think this issue of voting? Has it become politicized?
2: Ironic that uh, politics has become politicized. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, 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 exactly. Uh, it has been. And, and both sides have jumped on this as an opportunity to advocate their points. And unfortunately, it is actually confusing the voters in this uncertain time. And I think that it's doing a disservice to the whole process. Because while we're talking about litigation and while we're talking about uncertainty of the security process, we're still not securing enough voter participation. So when we talk about politicizing the process, we're also uh, ostracizing a lot of the disenfranchised people even further in the marginalized community that don't take interest in it and think that it's self-serving for politicians anyway. So I agree with you. And yes, it has been politicized ironically enough, but it's doing a disservice to the whole uncertainty of this whole pandemic era.
0: People are concerned about, will my ballot get to where it's going to go? What if I go in person? Could I be, you know, risking my health uh, going there? So there's lots of concerns. And and how do you protect voters and ensure uh, a good, robust turnout, you know, on Election Day?
2: That's very valid. And a lot of those concerns are valid. So one of the things we've done in in conjunction with our coalition partners is put out the correct information. That's the most important part. Uh, And and throughout our education process to explain to them why a lot of this is occurring and that a lot of it during the primaries was a lack of infrastructure preparation and not out of a malicious uh, intent from either party. So one of the things that we've been making a concerted effort in our, in our, uh, Galvanize and mobilizing the various voters is to educate them and be transparent on what we know that's going on, you know, and try to let them know throughout the process that we, even as advocates, have concerns, but we're constantly working at them. And that's one of the things that I think gives them security, that their uh, concerns aren't isolated ones and they're not going unheard. And so when you, as an advocate, let them know that we are looking at the same things and we're putting safeguards in place, Prior to November, I think it helps them and gives them a bigger sense of security.
0: And we'll come back to that point because I got a question for Patrick. But before that, I want to bring Abu in because I know, I mean, the millennial block could be one of the largest voting blocks in the country. You know, and this for this election, Millennials in Action is specifically focused on that. What are young voters thinking?
3: I tell people all the time, you know, with millennials in action, we have probably one of the toughest jobs because, you know, our focus is not just geared towards millennials, it's geared towards urban black millennials. You know, millennials who are our peers, who grew up in the city of Philadelphia, been here all their life, seen mayor after mayor, administration after administration, Um, And kind of, you know, sitting back and just watching the 360 of poverty just continue in the city. One thing we're doing on the ground is just educating, you know, folks to apply for their ballot early or to even get prepared to, you know, stand in a long line if you prepare to vote and to wear a mask. It's also about, you know, just educating them on our history, you know, when it comes to voting amongst Black people. We can't ignore the struggle and and, and the brutality and the beatings like that comes with our history and voting dies for voting. So it's about really just, you know, bridging that gap and educating them on the importance of this and also showing that, you know, how elections benefit, you know, the state. I think in 2015, you know, Millions in Action, you know, we helped support three Democratic Supreme Court justices that turned the whole entire, you know, from Republican controlled Supreme Court to a Democratic controlled Supreme Court, which handled the case of redistricting. And now we'll be listening to this litigation when it comes to voting. And, you know, those are important. So that's kind of some of the things that we're trying to, you know, educate, you know, to our peers, you know, and let them know that, listen, this is what a vote equals to.
0: Pat, I want to bring you back in because, um, I I, I think the- Mentioned something about, you know, so much going on and resources, and you guys as educated, I mean, but well, you really don't know what to tell them.
1: So, I mean, we just we spent a, a little bit of time here kind of covering the landscape, which is complicated and, and fluid. But, you know, as far as, as folks at home uh, go, like what they really need to know is they have every opportunity to cast a ballot, and, and voting by mail is, is really the, the first choice because we want to minimize the number of people who are going to polling places on election day. You know, voting by mail, it's it's safe and secure. You can, you can, um, you can up- apply online if, if towards the end of the month uh, you do need an id actually to supply online either an id a pen. ID number or the last four digits of a social security number and and both of those will be available online at the end of the month but if, if folks apply early and put their ballot in the mail early they'll be just fine the, the risk is the number of people who apply late and then try to return their ballot in the mail late i mean that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty severe disenfranchisement risk we have close to the election because right now you know, mail-in ballots have to be in hand on an eight o'clock on election day. The other fo- other thing that, that folks should keep in mind is is that, you know, most polling places will be open. I think that the massive consolidation we that we had in Philly and Allegheny County and a number of other counties uh, was was confusing, and you know that's when the pandemic was was it was exploding. You know the legislature acted decisively and, and in a bipartisan manner to move the primary date and put in place emergency options for counties to to pull off that election. But most people, Philadelphia actually, nine of ten voters will be able to go back to the, to their regular polling place. So you know, I think the message still needs to be, hey. A, apply early to vote by mail, get that, ba- that ballot in early. You know, if for if whatever reason you're not gonna do that, you can go to your polling site and, and cast a, a ballot on the on the voting machine.
0: People have been voting by mail through using absentee for, for for decades and decades and decades. So the actual concept of voting by putting a ballot in the mail is not new.
1: It's the scale that's, that's changed. I mean, in, in Philly, I think we're talking like 15,000 or 20,000 absentee ballots maybe in a major presidential election previously. We had 175,000 total absentee and mail-in ballots cast in the June 2nd primary. You know, we're clearly looking at at least 300,000 plus ballots, mail-in ballots, just just in the November 3rd election. And this is where, you know, folks have to, they have to make sure they follow those instructions carefully, fill in the whole ballot, make sure they sign the declaration envelope, and then get it in on time.
0: And Ben, I want to bring you back in, this litigation that's happening, how much of it should average voters be paying attention to? And what are the key issues that you think will be what the judge decides on?
3: If there's
5: one word that listeners take away from this, it should be early. You can go to votespa.com to register to vote, to request your mail-in ballot. Do it today. Do it early. So the litigation is really about what happens to people who... If they don't vote early and it's the last minute, and somebody wants to vote by mail, for example, you know, will they have to mail in their ballot using the postal system, which has had a lot of slowdowns during coronavirus, or will they have the option of using drop boxes? You know, one of the key issues in the litigation is are drop boxes secure? We believe that uh, there's evidence from a lot of other states that they work great. So, drop boxes may be a new idea in Pennsylvania, but in, in many other states, they've been a familiar part of voting, and uh, voting has happened. Uh, really without incident, using drop boxes in lots of states for a long time. Uh, Rep Polinchuk, for example, gave the example of, you know, well, how do you prevent a person from dropping off a whole stack of ballots in a drop box? It's true that under Pennsylvania law, you have to return the ballot yourself, whether you're putting it in the mail or putting it in a drop box. It should be the voter putting your own ballot in, not, not somebody else's. Uh, there's a there's an exception for uh, disabled voters, but other than that, you're supposed to return your own ballot. There's nothing stopping somebody from dropping 10 or 20 ballots off in a blue mailbox run by the postal service any more than there is stopping somebody from dropping ballots off in a drop box. And there are also guidelines that the Pennsylvania Department of State has given counties about how drop boxes should be secured. Uh, you know, they're supposed to be you know sturdy and bolted down and and all that. And also, they recommend putting them either in the line of sight of an existing surveillance
0: camera or
5: installing a surveillance camera dedicated for it, just so that there's some additional safeguards.
0: Rep. Uh, Polinchak, you mentioned that there is pending bills and proposals that could also affect this as well.
6: Yes, there's a bill that uh, passed the House, uh, HB 2620. What it, what it also does is it backs up the date that, that they have to get the applications in by so that... There is time for the stuff to come in the mail. It's allowing us to open the envelopes, the outer envelopes earlier in the day so that you can get election results sooner rather than you know, t- it taking a-, a long time as well. And I just wanted to allude with what, what Ben said. I'm telling everybody that I talk to also to get, get your mail-in ballot also. I applied for one myself. It doesn't preclude you from going to the polls. I, I tell people this is a perfect storm. You've got the COVID virus. You've got a presidential election. you got a lot of places with new types of voting ba- uh, boxes. I know in Bucks County, we've gone to a different type. You, you may have long, long lines. And the way 2020 is going, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count a blizzard out of the question, too. Having your mail-in ballot. You can actually take it to the poll with you, and if you decide, hey, I don't want to stand in a three-hour line to vote, I've got my mail-in ballot, I'm going to go to the courthouse or wherever uh, the county elections have set up boxes, and I'm going to drop it in there, and I'm going to get cast. So it's just an extra option for folks.
0: There are protections to ensure that one person isn't voting multiple times, correct?
1: The way this would work is, for example, if someone were to uh, you know, apply to it for a mail-in ballot and they and they they, they try to return it, they put it in the mail, and they just, they're not sure for whatever reason if it was received by county election officials. But if that same person tries to go to a point place, uh, it'll be noted in the poll book that that person you know, applied for uh, a mail-in ballot and they will not be allowed to use the voting system. The only way they would be allowed to use the voting system is, like the representative said, if they brought the ballot itself and the return envelope and turned it over for it to be voided. The only other option would be for that person to cast a provisional ballot. So if that person then returns the mail-in ballot, and votes provisionally. What's going to happen on the back end is the election officials are going to see both those ballots were returned, and the provision will be will be put aside, and the mail-in ballot will be counted. So that's you know one of the ways where the you know, the, the risk of double voting is is, is addressed.
0: And I know um, Donnell on election day, there's also election protection, voter protection. If something happens, there are people that they can get help, that can help them.
2: And, and that's one of the things that we advocate and educate as far as our voters outreach line, our 866-hour vote line, that line is accessible for voters up and now and all the way up until Election Day. Phones are answered in real time, tickets are made, and lawyers can be dispensed uh, to address any issues of impropriety or uh, disenfranchisement that might be going on right on location. You know, One of the things that we made a concerted effort was to engage the public and bring them into the process. You know, a lot of things go on on administrative level, on a legal level, litigation. And this is, Joe, Blow, Joe Public don't have no knowledge of this. So one yeah. of the things mm-hmm. we want to do to give them a recourse in the case this happened. Let them know they can vote provisionally. Let them know if there's an issue at the ballot, I mean, at the election poll place on that day, what they should be able to do.
0: Yeah, and I wanna, you know, um, ask Abu this because I saw you at the press conference on Poll Worker Recruitment Day, and a big focus has been recruitment of young people to man the polls.
3: You know, I know we've sent like hundreds of uh, names and sign ups, you know, to really sign up. You know, like I said, folks, you know, at least got like fifty DMs of like, hey, you know, I'm interested and these are like all millennials, you know, uh folks I graduated with that's gonna be very important. I think, you know, this election we're gonna see something um historic you know folks are going to step up because now it's the time you know because you gotta understand this you know these poll workers are people's grandparents and aunts and uncles and we're in the COVID 19 response and you know if we're talking about winning this election and we're talking about having the the highest turnout uh, voter turnout in this city has ever seen we have 50 something days to really get down and really press it you
0: know and with that i want to say because it's a splash point we do need to wrap it up so 50 or so days until the election gentlemen Each of you represents a a sphere of what is happening. What do you think needs to be the focus from today until November 3rd?
5: So there's a lot that the courts are going to have to work out in the next couple of months. And it's going to, I think the pace of litigation is only going to intensify. The Public Interest Law Center is involved in some of these cases. And our website, hubintlaw.org, posts updates about the litigation Uh, The other website people should remember is votespa.com. You can go to votespa.com to register to vote, to request your mail-in ballot,
2: track the status of your mail-in ballot, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, thank you, Donnell.
2: This is a very important election. Galvanize your family member. We need to vote in groups. We need to vote in a team effort. We talked about the millennials voting, Um, the uh, formerly incarcerated will be a big segment of the population, they need to know they can vote. And for anybody that has any questions of their voter status or if they have their rights, 866-OUR-VOTE, and that'll be significant, not only leading up to election day, but on election day.
6: Get educated. See what people stand for. Don't just look at the uh, the letter after their name. See what they've been doing. See see what they what they what. If they stand for what's important to you, and uh, finally get your mail-in ballots in early, nothing be happier for me than to make sure that every single person counts, gets their vote counted.
3: I want to send a special charge to Black men to really challenge Black men to step up. This is the time that you know democracy is depending on us. A lot of these laws and litigations are impacting us. You know, as as community leaders, as fathers, and we have to make sure that we, we, we are represented. Follow you know, uh, Committee of Seventy, Philadelphia uh, Votes, Votes PA. Figure out your poll. No have been updated. Um, make sure that you're staying in contact on your polling locations because your polling locations may change. So make sure that you have the uh, correct information
1: for your polling location.
0: Thank you. Final word, Pat.
1: I'm sure if you're listening, you're, you're registered to vote. You probably applied for your mail-in ballot already. Um, but, you know, take it upon yourself to make sure every friend, family member, work colleague is also ready to vote. You know, put an email us together, put together an email template with, with accurate information, votespa.com, WeVote.70.org is, is 70's website. Flag this election and the voting procedure for folks um, in, the next, in the next couple of weeks. And let's let's get everybody out there and cast the ballot.
0: Vote early, get registered now, votespa.com. Thank you so much to Patrick Christmas, Van Geffen, Todd Polinchak, Donnell Drinks and Abu Edwards for coming on Flashpoint and talking about this issue in the news. Thank you guys. Next up, they've created a contact-free way to connect voters to information on how to cast their ballot. We can't let anyone sit this out. The motivation behind a new Philadelphia nonprofit and a demographic that's got their attention. We'll be right back. Hey, Flashpoint family. If you like what you hear... Why don't you stick around and take a listen to some of our past episodes or our Flashpoint Extras. One example is our exclusive interview with the one and only DJ Jazzy Jeff. He contracted COVID-19. He had some dark moments, but he survived. Take a listen to his journey. Another example is our... Newsmaker of the week Andrew Wyatt He's spokesman for actor and comedian Bill Cosby He explains why they're petitioning the governor To hopefully get the cause Out of jail early All of this and more Please subscribe to the podcast And rate and review Now back to the show Welcome back to Flashpoint. I'm Cherry Gregg. Be sure to subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast by downloading the radio.com app, Apple Podcast app, or other platforms. All you have to do is search Flashpoint. Now we here at KYW, we are all about community and voting. And there's a new nonpartisan effort to educate voters and connect them to digital resources in a contact-free, socially distanced way. Here to tell us about phillyvoting.org and its unique focus is our Patriot Home Care Changemaker, founders Jason Evans and Jonathan Lovett. Welcome to Flashpoint.
4: Thank you so much for having us. We're proud to be with you.
0: So where did you get the idea for phillyvoting.org?
4: Both Jason and I come from a background of community advocacy and organizing with LGBTQ voters, African-American voters, college students, entrepreneurs, you know, folks that are really at the heart of so many voter and get out the vote campaigns. But the problem is we're trying to organize in the midst of COVID-19. I remember during Black Lives Matter marches trying to hand out voter registration forms to people who were so excited about it, except they didn't want to touch your piece of paper or your pen. So we thought, look, if everyone is going to start getting back out there and enjoying restaurants and bars and local establishments that are all using QR codes to get you to look at their cocktail menu, you can give the same uh, 90 seconds of attention you would give that code to one of the most important things you can do, which is register to vote. And knowing that the numbers have been down in Pennsylvania and the commuter areas of New Jersey and Delaware and even parts of New York that come into Philly so regularly, We thought, what an easy way to make this contact-free and put all the resources people need in one place. You know, we're trying to get rid of excuses. It's the most important election of our lifetime. Too much on the line nationally and in Harrisburg. And so we can't let anyone sit this out when the issues and the margins are too important and too close.
0: LGBT and African-American voters are your focus. Why?
7: Any type of diversity voter is really important to make sure that their voices are heard. Uh, These are the communities that are often hard to reach or may not have the resources or the know-how. You know, while COVID has given us a lot of challenges to face, a lot of people have cell phones or have access to the internet, especially with the school district providing internet and Comcast providing internet for everybody to go to school. There are tools available out there. And if we can use technology as another avenue, to get people aware and get people registered to vote. That's a win.
0: These are the individuals you guys are targeting. Luckily, because of our focus on bridging this digital divide, now have access to technology. What is your strategy for connecting with these voters using this contact-free method?
4: So we are working with business owners, with nonprofit leaders, with chambers of commerce, with anyone and everyone willing to put one of the Phillyvoting.org QR code posters in their window. Uh, we've put all of those resources online and on social media so people can print them out at home. More importantly, save them to their phones. And anytime you're around a group of people uh, friends, colleagues, coworkers, complete strangers talking about the election, it's incumbent on all of us to ask Are you registered? Are you informed? Do you know? how to participate this year. Um, and I think particularly with that outreach, you know, as Jason mentioned, it's so valuable that we're, that we're working closely with LGBTQ and black community leaders because both of those communities include women, people with disabilities, veterans, immigrants, so many communities that are far too often left out of the important outreach and don't have nearly enough advocates fighting for them to get their voice heard in halls of power. I mean, just think about it. In 2016, the margins between the Democratic and the uh, Republican presidential candidate Winning Pennsylvania was less than 70,000 votes, but there were over 100,000 unregistered LGBTQ people in Pennsylvania alone. If one constituency shows up, we can flip the script for everyone.
0: Tell me about your personal motivation. Why are you so focused on this right now and and to spreading this word?
7: I think it's really important for all of us to be aware of what challenges we may face with another four years of what we've been going through. There's already been legislation trying to be put in place to remove a lot of our rights. For the LGBTQ community, the trans community is always under attack and never gets the attention that it needs. You know, when you don't have an administration or a government that supports the needs of this marginalized group of people, you really need to make a change. And we all need to do everything we can to amplify their voices, give that community the strength, the voice, whatever tools they need to survive.
4: This isn't just about our vote. It's about our families. It's about our businesses. It's about our kids' schools. It's about our our you know, social protections, it's it's about that safety net we believe in for each other. And if we all have the time to go online and complain about the society we're living in, we have time to go online and make a difference by doing something as simple as registering to vote and showing up on November 3rd. And I think especially as we're talking at this moment of of the intersection of small businesses and communities coming back from the brink of COVID-19 and social and economic unrest in this country, I think there's a reason that we're seeing so many, particularly business owners, jump on this initiative in wanting to support voting in our community because it's about getting people up and out and motivated.
0: What should people be doing to make sure at least everybody in their circle is registered and ready to vote on November 3rd?
4: be a broken record Uh, between now and November 3rd while you're checking in with your friends and colleagues to make sure that they're doing well and feel supported and taken care of during this crisis. The next question should be, and you're registered, right? And if you're not, send them to phillyvoting.org. It's nonpartisan. It is open sharing for anyone and everyone who wants to spread the good word about this with resources for Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and of course nationwide voter registration so you can text these resources to anyone and everyone. There are no excuses left when it comes to the most important and personal thing you can do to be involved in your government, which is show up and let your voice be heard.
0: Definitely. Well, I want to say thank you so much uh, to you, Jonathan Lovett, and to Jason Evans for coming on Flashpoint. Check them out at phillyvoting.org. Patriot Home Care is here to help when their clients need them most. If you are a caregiver and feel uncertain about where you're working now, call Patriot today. Patriot Home Care is now paying up to $600 in hazard pay to its current and newly hired direct care workers, recognizing their hard work and caring for our consumers during these uncertain times. Hazard pay will be up to $600 per direct care worker. Visit PatriotHomeCare.org. That's PatriotHomeCare.org. Or call 1-877-535-5550. that's it for the flashpoint podcast i hope you enjoyed this exclusive content follow us on twitter our handle is flashpoint show you can also follow me at cherry Gregg. and if there's an issue that makes you hot under the collar let us know and we'll walk you through the flames as the late franklin delano roosevelt once said nobody will deprive the american people of the right to vote except the american people themselves and the only way they could do that is by not voting I'm your host, Cherry Gregg. Until next week, thanks for listening.